Jesus, we love you. You are faithful. You are faithful. We've sung that so many times this morning, and it's still more true than we know. We thank you for our past and everywhere you've been there that maybe we didn't see or still don't see, but you're there and you're faithful. Thank you for everywhere that you're faithful right now, Lord, everywhere you're present in our lives and our situations. Again, where we see it, where we don't, where we feel it, and where we don't, but we believe. And I thank you, Lord, for where we're headed. I thank you that you're going to be present every step of the way. But the very next step that we feel confident about, the very next step that we're really scared about, and a hundred steps down the road, every step, you're there. And we thank you for that. And God, I ask that in our time together this morning, that it would be those kind of truths that go deeper into every one of our hearts than, we, than it is right now. God, I do ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do a work in every single one of us this morning. Thank you. I thank you for this time together that we call church. These people around us that we have as a community. Thank you that when we're here, that you're with us. And when you're with us, Lord, anything's possible. Lord, would you give us faith this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Give somebody a high five, a hug, a hello as you sit down this morning. Everybody thankful for our worship team. Come on. <laughs> Way to go, Chad. That's your wife up here, bro. Come on. I love it. I love it. You guys ready for a little bit more time together? Awesome. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, uh, either with you or you don't own one or anything like that, we would love to give one to you. If you just raise your hand, we'll have our host team bring them to you. So go ahead and raise your hand if you want that. If not, that's great. Something to take notes with. Anybody ready to take notes? Awesome. I'm getting set up here. John chapter 11 is where we're going to be this morning. John chapter 11. Love this church. Love all of you. This is so fun. Anybody like it when stuff smells good? Anybody hate it when stuff smells bad? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what your favorite smells are. Some of my favorite smells, I like barbecue. Um, I like the smell of bacon. I like the smell of being outside, mountains, the beach. Anybody? Come on. Smell of vacation. Vacation's got a smell. I like the smell of my wife. Thank you, Jesus. Some good smells in our world. Some bad smells in our world. I don't know what your least favorite smells are, but I think we could all agree on B.O. as bad news every time. Nobody likes the smell of body odor. Burnt popcorn, bad every time. Wet dog. I don't know why you had a dog in the first place or why it got wet, but I'm not coming at your dog. Come on. Wet dog, it doesn't smell good. Dirty socks, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes stuff smells good, right? And sometimes stuff smells bad. We've got good scents and some bad scents in our life. We're uh, this week in week three of a series that we're calling a sense of revival. I hope you came to church with a sense of revival this morning. For us Christians that are here, if you're here and you're a Christian this morning, we believe that Jesus is alive, that he's present with us. We believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful. We believe that God is good. And when he's around, anything can happen. And so us Christians, we ought to live with a sense of revival. Amen? Living with a sense of revival. Hope you came to church ready for it. If you haven't been with us, or if you're new to church, this word revival might be a little bit new to you. 
especially if you've not spent much time around church, revival is not necessarily a word we use a lot um, and in normal, kind of outside the church. Maybe you come from a church that talks about revival a lot. I don't know what your background is on revival, but for this series, we've kind of put together a working definition for revival. So if you haven't been with us, here's what we mean when we say revival. It's quite simple. We believe that revival is the life of God in a broken world. Life of, the life of God in a broken world is, is what we've been working with together. And um, like I said, that, 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 might be, that might be new for you, but that's kind of the definition that we're working with and kind of the significant concept that we're working with on revival. You guys with me? Taking this series to explore together what it looks like as a community of people who, who love Jesus and people who follow Jesus. And we're sort of exploring um, something that we know, something that we understand, that, which is our five senses and trying to explore together what might it look like to use this thing that we do get. You know, we, we all get the five senses. That makes sense to us. But this word revival may not make all that much sense all the time. So uh, maybe we can use our understanding of the five senses to understand this concept of what it means to live a life where we see the life of God in our broken world, not where we just see our broken world. Amen? So that's what we're doing, we're doing together. And I don't think it will come as a surprise to anybody. And like you know, I just said, we got a few amens. We live in a broken world, right? You look around, there's, there's, there's some things broken um, in, in kind of the big world that's going on. We've mentioned the news already this morning. There's always stuff that's going wrong. And you may be here this morning with your own little bit of brokenness. You may have a situation that could use some help right now. You uh, may have, uh, or your kids maybe have an attitude it's a little broken this morning. You may have your own little bit of brokenness. You may have a relationship that needs some mending in your life. I think we're all pretty familiar with brokenness, not just the big stuff, but even the personal stuff. So we've all got brokenness. And if that's true, if we live in a broken world and we've all got brokenness, then I guess that means we all need revival. Amen. We all need revival. So revival is very relevant to you. Because whether you're a Christian or not, you've got your brokenness, and we need the life of God. And because God is good, I believe uh, not only do we need revival, but we are allowed to live with a sense of revival. You know, that time, you just get a sense of it. We've got a sense of revival. This morning, you can see on the screens the message that I want to share with you this morning. We're calling the scent of revival. The scent of revival. Did I already tell you to go to John 11? Yes. Awesome. I'm ahead of myself. That's good. John chapter 11 is where we're going to be. This week, we're doing the scent of revival. Last week, we uh, talked about the lens of revival, helping our eyes get uh, worked on a little bit by the lens of revival, which is faith. And faith is, sounds cool. It sounds like a nice church word, but we talked about faith is hard. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. It's by definition being convinced of something that you can't see. Uh, so that's tough is what we talked about last week. But sometimes we, when we talk about revival, when we talk about needing breakthrough in our life, we can get caught up in waiting for God to do something that he isn't doing right now. And sometimes we just need faith to shift our lens a little bit to see what he's actually already doing. We need the lens of faith, anybody? Yeah. Got the lens of faith, and this week we're talking about the scent of revival, the lens of revival and the scent of revival. Just like life, we talked about at the very beginning here, you can have some stuff that smells real good, and you can have some stuff that smells real bad in life, and doesn't smell good all the time. So we're going to talk about two scents this morning. Sometimes maybe you've said this, or somebody said it to you, I've got some good news and some bad news. This morning we got some good scent and some bad scent. Some good scent and some bad scent, because uh, I think revival 
has some good scent and some bad scent. And, you know, we could come to church and pretend like life's all roses and scented candles all the time. Or we could be real and say it's not. <laughs> so we're in John chapter 11, the scent of revival. John chapter 11. Before we get to these verses, a little bit of background of what we're picking up this story. And anybody, anybody like background? Because we're picking up in 1138, and so that means there's 38 verses we're not reading of background over the story, the story that's going on. So if you've been in church, you, you may be familiar with this story, but one thing that's pretty well known about Jesus is that he uh, had these 12 guys that stuck with him all the time called disciples. So there are 12 guys that were his, his good friends, and he's basically training them to, to take over the ministry of, of the kingdom of God after he would die and raise again. So these are, you know, 12 important guys. They're some of his best friends. But Jesus didn't just have these 12 friends. He had other friends in his life as well. And, uh, he, um, sorry, I just got totally distracted. So in John 11, we're picking up the story where uh, his disciples are around, but it's more focused around a few of his other friends that aren't, that aren't some of the 12, some of his other friends. So he's stepping into this situation with his friends, and they're in the middle of something really, really tough and really tragic. So if you're in the middle of something this morning, you might just be in the right spot. He steps into his friend's situation. These friends, they're three siblings. Uh, there's uh, two sisters, Mary and Martha, and there's a brother named Lazarus. So he, he loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These are some dear friends of his. But Jesus, uh, a few days before we pick up the story here, he gets word that Lazarus is very, very sick. And so he makes his way to the town called Bethany, which is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus are living. By the time he gets there, he finds, though, that Lazarus has died. One of his dearest friends has died, and, and he actually has been dead for four days. So like I said, sometimes life stinks. He's stepping into a situation that really, really stinks. Jesus steps into a stinky situation. You might be thankful that Jesus steps into stinky situations. Mary and Martha meet Jesus on the road into Bethany. They've been waiting for him for a few days. He makes his way there, and it's an emotional time, obviously. Their brother has died. His best friend has died, and they meet each other on the road, and they weep together on the road, and we pick up the story in verse 38. So Jesus has come into town. He has wept with Mary and Martha already. There's some people around him. There's some of his disciples, some of the other friends and family of these siblings, and we pick up the story in verse 38. Are you there? John eleven thirty eight 38 says this, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. It's not something you normally say at a funeral. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Before we go any further, can we just say that Jesus just raised the dead? Amen. That'll preach all by itself. 
Jesus just brought a dead guy back to life. And so I know this is church and the Bible and Jesus. and yeah, But Jesus raises the dead. Just feel like that's a detail we can't skip this morning. Side note. The first scent of revival that I want to talk about this morning is you... Write this in your notes, I hope, is the odor of revival. The odor of revival. Your situation this morning at times may smell like death, but if Jesus is around, you've always got hope. And we just learned he's never afraid of your stinky situation. Jesus comes up to Lazarus' tomb and he says, all right, everybody, I want you to roll away the stone. They've been crying for four days. Jesus says, I want you to roll away the stone. And Martha, she's uh, in some other stories in the Bible, and she's the practical one of the two sisters, and she speaks up to Jesus and says, I don't know that you want to do that. Maybe you're a little emotional right now, a little irrational. Jesus, you don't want to do that. That is going to stink. It's going to stink. There's going to be an odor. He's been dead for four days. I've not smelled a four-day-old dead body, but I can imagine I wonder, though, that maybe she might not just be talking about the stench of the body, but rolling away that stone, that's opening up a wound in every one of their hearts. They've been trying to get closure for four days, and now you're going to open it. Like, what are we doing? That stinks. Don't do that to us. It's going to smell bad. It's going to feel bad. It's going to smell like death in my nose and in my heart. It's going to smell like death. I don't want you to do that. And he turns to her and he says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus is, he steps into this stinky situation and he's looking to bring revival, but Martha doesn't see it. Martha doesn't, doesn't sense it. And he's trying to help her understand when he says, did I not tell you that if you believed, I would, you would see the glory of God? Because Jesus understands something that Martha doesn't. Jesus understands that revival has an odor. Revival has an odor. Jesus knew that if you want to raise the dead, you've got to be around dead people. He understood that by definition, for somebody to need to be raised to life, they're going to smell like death. And if we want revival, we're going to have to get used to the stink of a broken world. We can't just be good Christians that live these odorless lives, live in our odorless bubbles, our odorless friends, our odorless churches, and our odorless situations. We've got to show up to some broken situations. We've got to start rolling away some stones and engaging the pain and the difficulty and the mess and the odor of life. Jesus says, did I not tell you, Martha, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Martha almost missed it. She almost missed the glory of God. That's a really big phrase. She almost missed it. She almost missed it because she didn't want to deal with the smell of a broken situation. She almost missed the glory of God because she didn't want to deal with the smell of a broken situation. And if we want the scent of revival, we'll have to get used to being in the stink of a broken world. So I'm going to get honest with us Christians in the room. If you're a Christian in the room this morning, can we be honest? Are you nervous? (laughs) I'm not angry. (laughs) 
But I just wonder if we're getting too nervous about the odor of people's brokenness to bring them the life of Christ that they need. Are we too nervous about something's odor to bring the glory of God? Too offended by people's foul language, how it smells, the words your friends use, the subjects that your coworkers talk about? Are we too offended by the stench of it to engage with them? Are we too distracted by disagreeing with our neighbor's lifestyle or caught up in somebody else's political stance or view or social views on situations? Are we, are we too distracted by how bad that stinks that we just don't agree? And I don't know if I can really get around it. Are we too distracted, frankly, about how people who don't follow Jesus act like they don't follow Jesus <laughs> to step into the, their life and let them meet Jesus? Are we, are we just getting a little too nervous about the stench of the broken world to engage and bring the glory of God? Are we so afraid of the odor of a broken world rubbing off on us that we just keep our distance? Let's just not roll away the stone. Let's just not deal with it. It's going to stink. It smells better when you don't deal with people's stink, but you miss revival. Because revival is a little bit of an odor. Revival's got an odor. Martha says, Jesus, you don't want to do that. And Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And I've got an encouraging word for you this morning. If you will step into the odor of someone's brokenness, you will catch the scent of revival. If you'll step in to the odor of some brokenness, you'll catch the scent of revival. But he want the scent of revival. <laughs> Not as many as before, but that's okay. That's good. We got to face it and choose. I'm, I don't always want it. Come on. Like things that smell bad, smell bad. So we're on the same team, right? <laughs> and I love how this scene, I love how this scene closes. If you skip down to verse 44, we we read this before. We're going to read it again. The man who had died came out, and his hands and feet were bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. I love verse 44 here. I love how Jesus closes the scene, because he's raising the dead, but I don't know if he is to you, but he's preaching to me too. He's preaching to me right now. Preaching to me about stepping into people's brokenness. He's preaching to me about showing up to some stinky grave sites and not getting offended by uh, the stench of brokenness in our world that I just would rather keep my distance to say, well, I'm good. Jesus made me all clean, so I'm just going to stay over here. He's preaching to me. Anybody else? I don't know if Jesus is getting at me right now. I'd, I'd rather walk away from the stinky stone, but he says, no, let's go up and let's roll it away. Let's engage the situation. Jesus is preaching. And he's not done. In verse 44, he's preaching to us some more. Preaching to us some more in verse 44. Because we see something here, Jesus. So Lazarus comes out. He calls him out. He raises the dead. We talked about that. Lazarus comes out, and he comes out, and he's got some linens wrapped around him. Um, he's got some stuff over him. And, and Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. And I find this fascinating as I was 
looking at this passage, thinking about, okay, Lord, what's the scent, the scent of revival? How does that play into our lives? And I realized, you know, wow, isn't that amazing? Only Jesus could give Lazarus new life, but he had his friends take off his grave clothes. We want revival. We aren't just going to have to sign up for the stink that comes with somebody's broken world, but we're going to have to be okay with the stink of each other's grave clothes. We're going to have to have church for real. He didn't come out smelling nice. He was alive, but he still stunk. How many of you know that even after Jesus gives you new life, sometimes you still have some old habits that smell like the old you? <laughs> Jesus gives you new life, but sometimes you got that attitude that stinks like the old you. You got those mindsets that smell like the old you. Are you tracking with me? Jesus calls us out of the grave, but sometimes I got some grave clothes still on me. And uh, as the church, I believe that we're going to change the world by the power of God, not because we're perfect, but we're going to change the world when we all realize that we're all going to stink sometimes, but we're still committed to each other to help get rid of the odor. We're committed to each other that when I start walking around and I start smelling like my grave clothes, it's not everybody starting to look at me and saying, well, I thought you got raised from the dead. Why do you still smell like death? Maybe he's not actually alive. Nobody was saying that about Lazarus. He was alive. He just needed some help. And I think Jesus is preaching about church right here. We want to be church. We want to be a place where we can become family. We want to all be friends. Well, the friends are the ones who get tapped to help Lazarus unwrap his stanky grave clothes. They had to step into the odor of revival so that Lazarus could be fully let go. He says, unbind him. Sometimes you walk out and Jesus does something powerful in your life and Jesus sets you free and Jesus breaks our chains. We talk about that, but sometimes I still trip up, right? Sometimes I still do that thing I thought I was not gonna do anymore. That thing that I thought didn't have power over me, I kind of did it again. Am I preaching to anybody else? <laughs> Because sometimes we just got some grave clothes, and instead of looking back on, on ourselves and being like, well, I guess I'm just not actually raised from the dead. Lazarus didn't come out, well, I guess, I guess I'm not actually alive right now. We, get, we take it so far, and worse, we start judging each other. Like, I thought Jesus did that in your life. What's your problem? Are you even saved? Are you even a Christian? Are you, why we get into this bit, bad Christian, good Christian thing? When we smell somebody's odor, that's a good sign it's time to step in. And we've got a word from God to help unbind each other. And so when somebody comes up to you and in your life makes a comment along the lines about something that stinks about you, we don't have to get offended. I bet Lazarus was pumped when his friends came and started taking off his grave clothes. Let's respond that way. Somebody said, hey, when you said that, that like kind of stunk. Well, I'm just me and I'm doing me and you can... <laughs> accept me or not I'm just trying to come as I am <laughs> or thanks help me take that off <laughs> wouldn't it just go a little better that way yeah. unbind him unbind him let's help unbind each other but then also let's let each other go you gotta let each other go 
sometimes the grave clothes come off, but I'm still not letting somebody else go. I'm keeping them accountable for the stench they used to have. I think that's powerful. I think Jesus is preaching two things. Unbind him, step into his life, and help him get the stinky stuff off of him. But then just let him go, be alive. Don't, Don't carry the residue of the stink in your nose when it's not there anymore. And I wonder how many situations in our life, people in our life, situations in our life that we just need to let go. We'll leave that there. Unbind them and let them go. You ready to unbind people and let them go? There's freedom in it. The odor of revival. I think that's powerful. After Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he ends up leaving town. He came into Bethany to to be there with them, but then he he leaves Bethany in the following verses of uh, John chapter 11. But when we go to John chapter 12, Jesus is back in town. He's back in Bethany. He's back at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' excuse me, Lazarus' house. And we learn about the the second scent of revival that I want to talk about this morning. We've talked about the odor of revival. We're going to talk about one more scent of revival here in uh, John chapter 12, verses 1 through, we'll see how far we go. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. See, even the Bible's like, remember that time? Raised the dead? Like, let's not forget that part whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for Jesus there. And Martha served. Lazarus, Lazarus was, one, uh, was one of those reclining at the table. So they're throwing a dinner. Jesus is there. Lazarus is sitting at the table. The disciples are around. Martha's serving dinner. Where's Mary? Verse 3. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Second scent of revival that I want to talk about this morning is the fragrance of revival. The fragrance of revival. Here in John chapter 12, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Lazarus, I can't say that, Lazarus, Jesus and his disciples, all these people, they're having a nice dinner together. Mary comes in and uh, performs this, frankly, outrageous act of worship. She takes a bottle of perfume, she begins to pour it out on Jesus' feet, and the smell of the perfume fills the whole room, and then she begins to wipe his feet with her hair. This is a crazy situation. I've been trying to spend time this week, I'm like, okay, let's say there's 20 people there, 12 disciples, Jesus, these other three, and maybe some other folks, okay? So dinner, 20 of your best friends, one of them just got raised from the dead like, I don't know, a week ago or something. Jesus is back in town, first time since the whole dead-raising incident. They're throwing a dinner and say, thanks, Jesus, for raising the dead. That was pretty amazing. And uh, everybody's just kind of doing their thing. Like I said, Martha's the practical one. She's always serving. She's taking care of dinner. Lazarus is sitting right next to Jesus like he ought to be. The guys are probably sitting around the table, and everything's going fine. And I'm just picturing me being in a room with, like, my 20 best friends. And we've got, we've, uh, Heather and I, we're, we've got this group of friends that, that would kind of fit this bill, and uh, two of the friends are twin sisters. And I'm like, that's too easy to imagine. Okay, Mary and Martha, got it. And I'm thinking, okay, I can see the one that's serving. All of a sudden... The other twin just comes in, sits at the guy table, and starts dumping out perfume on somebody's feet. Like, we're just trying to have a nice dinner here. <laughs> what is going on? 
Now, they know each other, so they're not probably upset about it, but it's, you know, you kind of get the sense that Mary's kind of like the wild card of the group, and she's probably a little bit always kind of doing something that you're like, oh, just let Mary go, and <laughs> she's having another moment here, but she, she jumps in, and uh, we don't really have a grid for how outrageous this is. I'm trying to imagine this dinner, but I can't even imagine all the cultural stuff at play here. But, but this is an outrageous situation. This is absurd. She, frankly, for one, she shouldn't be at the guy's table. That's like not how it worked back then. They're all friends and stuff, but that's still just not how it goes. So this is outrageous what she's doing to Jesus. It's also completely irresponsible. Completely irresponsible. Because if you keep reading, it says that that perfume was worth about 300 days wages. So that's like a year of wages. So imagine what you made last year. Now put that in a 12-ounce bottle of perfume. Completely irresponsible. First of all, why do you have perfume that costs that much? (laughs) And second of all, are you really going to use it all at one time, dumping it out on somebody's feet? It's outrageous, it's, it's irresponsible, and it's really inappropriate. Like we said, they're just trying to have dinner. And not only does she come to the guy's table, not only does she interrupt what maybe, and not, she's probably not doing what she's supposed to be doing. She comes and she interrupts, but then she begins to wipe his feet with her hair, which is kind of scandalous in that culture. Women did not let their hair down. That, that's not what you do around the guys. And, and you definitely don't start wiping somebody's feet. It's intimate, it's vulnerable, it's... A little scandalous. It's out there, man. Like, what are you doing? But then there's this smell that comes with it. I'm just sensory overload. Like, she's breaking all the rules, but it smells really good. I don't really know what to do here. So she gets completely carried away. She breaks all the rules. She pours the perfume on Jesus' feet. And just like the odor of Lazarus' tomb would have been smelled by everybody around the grave, Mary's worship could be smelled by everybody in the room. They were there. They smelled the odor of revival. And now Mary introduces us to the fragrance of revival. Worship is the fragrance of revival. Worship is the fragrance of the life of God breaking into a broken world. I was thinking about this story this week, obviously. Getting ready to preach. And Lord, where do we go here? And what are you saying to us? And I had these, I had these five principles of fragrant worship. And uh, they were going to be really good. And they're they awesome and, and insightful and practical and, man, all that good stuff. I was going to preach really well these five principles of fragrant worship. But then as, as I was thinking about it, I realized that my five principles, they're great and true and all that, but completely missed the point. <laughs> I thought, isn't that just like... This white American to try to put five principle checklist to an extravagant act of worship so that we can just see to make sure that I'm doing fragrant worship just right. Isn't that just like me to do that? I was thinking about realizing, man, the significance of Mary's worship wasn't because of the principles of her worship. It was because of the simplicity of her worship. What's the main takeaway of this story? Mary loved Jesus, like crazy, loved him. She didn't care what anybody else thought. 
She didn't care how much it was going to cost to show him just a little bit of honor. She probably didn't even really think about all that stuff. All she knew is that Jesus had stepped in to the odor of her world, the pain of her world. Into her tragedy, Jesus had stepped into her broken world, and she just had to love him. That's about it right there. I don't think that Mary went looking for her sermon notes on my five principles a fragrant revival when she was trying to figure how, how, what, what does Jesus need tonight? How, do, how can I say thank you? I don't think she went and looked at the religious rule book. In fact, I'm certain she didn't because she broke all the rules. Nobody had told her to do it like this. In fact, everybody told her to do it completely the opposite. Worship broke the rules. It went beyond the rules. And I don't think that Mary did this so that I could look at her story and Mine out five principles of fragrant worship. I don't think Mary did it so that we could learn anything from her, frankly. I don't think she wanted people to look at her at all or look at her worship because her worship wasn't about her. And her worship wasn't about her worship. Her worship was about Jesus. I think Mary's preaching this morning. Let's not get all caught up in what's your worship style? What songs do you like? What's your preference? Are you dancing right? Do you raise your hands at the right time, at the right song? Maybe it's just about Jesus. Maybe it really is just about Jesus. And we talk about revival and living with a sense of revival. And I pray that we live as Christians with a sense of revival. Not that our songs are the best. Not that our music's the best on a Sunday morning. Not that we have the best systems and the coolest life groups and a brand and a preacher, whatever. What if we just love Jesus? What if that's what the broken world needed around us? What if in a world full of the stink of brokenness, just need the fragrance of revival, the fragrance of worship? I pray that for us, that we would be a people who Maybe at least and maybe at most, we just know how to come and pour out our lives to Jesus. That's the Christian life. We can talk principles and read books, and I like the books, and I need the principles, and it helps me. And I need practicals, and I try to give you practicals every week when I can. It's not my strong suit, but I try. But I, it's just Jesus. That's what revival smells like is people who will just pour out their lives before Jesus. What does it mean to pour out my life? I'm not going to tell you how many songs to sing in your time with God in the morning and what percent of your money to give away and when to do it and what percent to the church and then these percent to 501c3 just because I got to, I know the heart's good. We want to be good, but let's just, Mary just, she was there when Jesus brought revival and she just responded. (laughs) The fragrance of revival is released when we just, See him. We gotta spend time with him. We gotta know him. He's amazing. The fragrance of revival. And it filled the whole room. And I wonder what it might smell like in a city with a church, not an Antioch church, the people of God released the fragrance of worship. We lived our lives. What if you went to work tomorrow with your heart just, I'm gonna honor Jesus? He's worth me having a good attitude. 
He's worth me not getting really mad when that person's going to say that annoying thing again <laughs> that they said last Monday morning when I walked in. Jesus, I, I'm going to honor you in that tough situation that I'm in. I want to I respond like you do. And Jesus, I'm going to step into somebody's stink. I got nothing to bring them. Only you can bring them life, but I'll sign up to help them bind them and let them go. I don't know. What if we just worship Jesus, live with our lives submitted and just like, you know, everything, everything. Jeez, Mary just saw who he was and that was really it, you know? There's a fragrance of revival. So revival's got a few cents. It means we've got to get accustomed to walking through the odor of a broken world. But what if in the odor of a broken world we were also releasing a fragrance, a fragrance? Because what's gonna fix the odor of the broken world is not our principles, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. In revival, if we want revival in our life, we're gonna have to embrace the odor of revival, but we're also gonna have to release the fragrance of revival. And that's as good as I've got for us this morning. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to worship one more song together. As throughout this series, I want to just remind everybody of a few things that we're trying to stay committed to as a church as we go through this series together. One thing is that I'm encouraging you to pray a simple prayer every day as, as much as possible when you get in the car, when you're checking your social media, when you're walking down the hall, whatever it is. Lord, would you give me a sense of revival today in everything I do and everywhere I go? If just write that prayer down somewhere. Put a reminder on your phone. Set your watch to bing on the hour and remember. But I think if we want to live with a sense of revival, we just need to let our lens get adjusted. And we're going to see Jesus doing so much more than we think he's doing already. And I think we need to adjust our noses and embrace the scent, the odor and the fragrance. So can you pray that prayer this week as you go through your life? Jesus, would you give me a sense of revival today and everywhere I go and everything I do? This isn't a Sunday morning message. I, I pray this, this impacts your Wednesday afternoon, your lunch hour on Thursday, your changing the diaper on Friday. Lord, give me a sense of revival in everything I do and everywhere I go. Number two, we're all trying, I'm, I'm encouraging all of us to take these six weeks together in this series to really open up our hearts to God and say, God, would you show me who are two to three people in my life right now that need the life of God in their broken world? Because if you're a Christian in the room, you have what people need. You do. You do. And God has put you exactly where you are on purpose. He's got a good reason because he wants you to be the one to be there. And so, uh, I don't know about you, but there's been a couple people in my life that I know need, need the life of God in their broken world. It's not a Christian Sunday project. It's just, I love these people and I want to grow in love. And, and I know what it's like to have Jesus step into my broken world. I would love it if everybody got a chance to experience that. Amen. So I want to encourage you this week. God, who are my two to three people in my life, in my world right now, family, friends, coworkers? I want you to take some opportunities this week to be intentional. Be intentional. Maybe it means you're going to have to get over some odor that you usually are repulsed by. I know they always cuss like crazy. Let's get over it. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> Let's step in and see the glory of God past the odor of death. 
Let's step in. Let's release the fragrance of worship. I know you got problems. I got problems too, but I love Jesus and he's helped me. That's some worship. Can we do it? Can we live with a sense of revival? So let's pour out our lives before Jesus, huh? I want to pray for us as we close this morning. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. And just before we start singing together, I want to uh, make an opportunity like we do every week. If you're here this morning and, and you don't know Jesus, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never experienced his life coming into your broken world and you say, yeah, I've just got a lot of stink and there's no fragrance. Or maybe you, you've, you've known Jesus and you've been far off, but you need to make a decision to say, Lord, I, I, I want to follow you again. Help me. I've got a lot of stink to unbind and get let go of, but I'm back, you know. So maybe it's the first time, maybe it's the hundredth time, but if you're here this morning and that's you, I want you to go ahead and just raise your hand right now. If you need to give your life to Jesus this morning or come back to him. And we're gonna continue our time together worshiping. I wanna invite all of you to worship with everything that you've got. And like I said, this isn't the principles of if you don't dance, you're not really worshiping. No, let's just pour out our hearts. Jesus, we love you this morning. We thank you for every person here. We thank you for every journey here. We thank you, Lord, that you give us a sense of revival. I pray that we would embrace the odor of the broken world that we're in. I pray that we would step in past the stink, step in past the offense, step in past the disagreements. I pray that we would step in this week, Lord, and you would bring life where there has been death. And I pray, God, that we will be a church that's committed to stepping into each other's lives and not being repulsed by the grave clothes, but having enough love to step in and say, let me help you out with that. Would you give us the grace and the humility to receive it from the people around us? Lord, I ask that we would release a fragrance, a fragrance of praise in this city. Lord, I pray that every workplace represented in this, uh, in this room right now would be overcome by a fragrance of worship. Whatever that means, Lord, a fragrance of character, of integrity. I pray that every marriage, relationship, every relationship with kids, and just we need the fragrance of God. And we believe this morning we worship you and honor you for who you are. We pour out our lives in Jesus' name.